You ready to get in the word this morning? Amen. Like Pastor Phil said, don't, don't turn off your praise. Don't turn off your, your worship. Don't turn off your expectancy. You know, I, I am glad that I am Pentecostal. I'm glad I am Pentecostal. I'm glad that Jesus sent the disciples out and told them to wait in Jerusalem until they're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a it. He's not a something. He's a, he's a person. Hallelujah. He's a, he's a, he's a standby. He's a strengthener. He's one that equips us, strengthen us. His gifts have not passed away. You know, people say, oh, well, you know, those things passed away with the apostles. Well, they, they take that out of one, one, one verse in Corinthians and say that tongues will cease. But you got to keep reading. It says until that which is perfect has come. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter two says, um, say, although it says this gift and this promise is to for all those that believe in far away. And it says, and to all those that believe on his name. So, so as long as people still believe on his name, that gift that they saw and heard on the day of Pentecost is for today. Amen. Amen. Be open to the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus relied on it and the disciples relied on it, how much more do you and I need to rely on it? Now we've had a lot of different things going on here. What a great week we had last week with Billy Brim. Um, you know, before that we had Easter, before that we had Richard Roberts. And before that, um, I was, uh, I, I was in a series, um, where we're talking about being strong in spirit, developing a strong spirit. He say this with me. My spirit is strong. Now I want you to go to two places and we'll get there in a moment. And, um, I want you to go to second Corinthians chapter four. And uh, Psalms chapter 116. And this series all came about uh, really out of something that uh, our apostle of our house, Dr. Savell, spoke to us in the early part of January. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because this all has to do with 2022 being the year of the open hand of God for unusual, supernatural, and extraordinary provision. Amen. Are you believing for that? Amen. Amen. That's where we're at. That's what we're in. The year of the open hand of God. And I'm going to, uh, you can find these words um, on our website um, under, uh, under the events page so you can get those different words. But in part of it says, Satan will do all that he can do to lull God's people into a spiritual slumber so that he can keep them from enjoying God's best. But on the other hand, God at the same time will be drawing them to spend more quality time with him. And his word so that they can what? Remain strong and win every battle. Amen. So God is drawing us close to him so we can win every battle. We've talked about Proverbs chapter 18 verse 14. And it says the spirit of a man will sustain him in adversity. The spirit of him will sustain him in adversity. So, so it's the spirit. And it's not just saying his spirit, but it's actually talking about the disposition of that man. And it really means the strong spirit of a man will sustain him. A strong spirit will, will, will keep him up. A strong spirit will cause him to rise above the adversary and any adversity that he might face. So, so reason as your pastor, why I'm speaking this is when attacks come, I want you as a body of believers and those watching by way of internet, that you develop a strong spirit. So no matter what might come your way, you have the ability to win, overcome and recover all. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the reason I, I, there were several things and I, I wrote down on why I'm talking about this. One is developing a family that refuses to quit. A people that carry a spirit of victory. A people that have unshakable faith. Those that are bold as lion, not easily offended, quick to forgive. They hold strong against temptation. They have joy in the midst of adversity. And a people that abound in the love of God. And I added another one. A people that are awake and alert, waiting for the coming of the Lord. Say, I have a strong spirit. Now, I have you repeat a lot of things because I wanted to get in you. Amen? Because I see see each one having a strong spirit. No matter what the enemy throws our way, we win. In Ephesians chapter 6, I'll get into 2 Corinthians 4 in just a moment. 
But in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says, it's like a command. He says, be strong. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Look to your neighbor and say, be strong. Look to your other neighbor and say, in the power of his might. Hallelujah. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 says, and this is Paul saying, he says, We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. So Paul is, is delivering, he's saying, hey, this is, we faced adversity. We faced attacks. We faced persecution. But those adversities haven't destroyed me. Those attacks haven't destroyed me. And I want to communicate to you the attacks that you experienced in the past, they didn't destroy you because you're still here. The attacks that you're in right now, they will not destroy you because you'll go to the other side. And the attacks that you may have faced in the future, you will overcome. Because you have a strong spirit. Paul's speaking from a heart of, he's speaking from an attitude of faith and a, 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 a spirit of a, a, a one that has had experience. Now he goes down, and this is one I want to talk about, one of the, my assignments this morning. Verse 13, and he says this, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing. Now, let me ask you a question. How does faith come? Thank you, Don. I appreciate that back there. <laughs> Faith comes by hearing. And yet the Apostle Paul here, which is the one that wrote Romans ten seventeen, he says, I have the same spirit of faith. Well, what did he hear? If he has the same spirit of faith, then he had to hear something that produced faith on the inside of him. He had the same spirit of faith. Let's go to Psalms 116. He says, the same spirit of faith, I have believed, therefore I have spoken. We believe, therefore we speak, knowing. See, his faith brought him to a place of knowing something. Meaning, meaning, why could he say, yes, I'm surrounded? How, why could he say, yes, we, we've had these attacks. Yes, we've been through these things, but these things aren't going to destroy me. Why could he say that? Because he's saying, I have the same spirit of faith as it is written. Now, what is, where did he get this from? Because he had to get it somewhere because it's as it was written. So he had to gain this faith from somewhere. He gained it from Psalms 116. He's, he's writing from a, a, a person that, writing from a position of reading after someone and, and hearing things from someone that had his own adversities. Someone that had his own missteps. Someone that had, his, had, had to face a Goliath. Someone that had someone like a man named a King Saul that was trying to destroy him. In Psalms 116 verse 1 it says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice in my supplication. So, now think about it. Paul's saying, I have the same spirit of faith. I believe, therefore have I spoken. So, because he's saying, hey, just as David was facing battles, just as David was going through setbacks, he goes, I love the Lord because he heard my voice and my supplication because he's inclined his ear to me. I want you to know it doesn't matter what you might be facing. I want you to cry out, call out to the Lord because his ear is turned towards you. As we're sitting there and we keep our praise on and we keep, we keep on praising, we keep on praising. You need to know that God's ear is turned towards your praise. Verse 3 says, the pains of death surrounded me. Now, doesn't that sound kind of like what David, what Paul was writing? He goes, I'm surrounded, right? 
I'm surrounded by enemies on all sides. So here David says, the pains of death surrounded me and the pains of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. But what happened? Then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Look at verse 8. For you have delivered my soul from death. And this is where, where, where Paul gained the same spirit of faith. For you delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears. Hallelujah. No more down days. No more, no more tearful nights. And my feet from falling. No more falling. No more giving in to the temptation. No more going backwards. No, no longer giving the enemy the upper hand. And then what does it say? I will walk before the Lord. In the land of the living. Yeah, I'm, I'm experiencing all these different difficulties. I'm experiencing all these different things. But you know what? I'm going to walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And then it says this. I believe. Therefore, I spoke. So what was Paul saying? Hey, I'm going to walk before the Lord in the land of the living, just like David experienced setbacks in his life. I'm going to walk before the land of the living. And just as David believed and David spoke, Paul's saying, I have that same spirit of faith on the inside of me. That same attitude of faith. That same attitude of faith. And he says, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste. And he says, all men are liars. Now listen, I'm greatly afflicted. Meaning he, he was talking about his affliction, but then he said, wait a minute, I said that in my haste. Meaning I shouldn't have said that. See, we, we got to stop saying things in haste. We need to be speaking right things. Hallelujah. I got to keep going. All men are liars. Meaning, meaning what man is saying is not the final word. I want you to know, yeah, you might, the, the enemy might have come to your mind. You might have other people come to you. Doctors might have come to you, whatever it might be. But I want you to know that man doesn't have the final word. Man doesn't have the final word over your situation. Man's word is not the final word. We will believe the report of the Lord. I will believe the report of the Lord. Verse 12 says, what shall I render the Lord for all his benefits towards me? What should I give the Lord for all his benefits towards me? He says, what? Well, I will take up the cup of salvation and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. David is even saying, even if I die, I'm precious. Even it doesn't matter. I, I got a greater eternity. I got a greater f- future. Meaning, I'm not concerned with what I'm facing right now and right here. There's something greater than, than beyond where I'm at. And then he says this, Oh Lord, truly I'm your servant. I am the servant, the son of your maidservant, and you have loosed my bonds. Hallelujah. So when, when, when Paul is reading, and Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, counting the law, he was blameless. So here Paul knew Psalms 116, but yet Paul calls it, I have that same spirit of faith. I have the same spirit of faith. One of the things that David said there, and he says, I will lift the cup of salvation. That represents covenant. The word cup there actually means to hold together. To hold together. I will lift up what holds me together. I will lift up, and the word salvation is the word Yeshua. And we also, years ago, I did a, I did a series on, on my victory. And we defined that word salvation, Yeshua, meaning my victory. Can you hear me okay? I keep dropping out. My victory. Lift the cup. 
my victory. Thank you, Father. My victory. I want you to know, and I want to establish this in our hearts. The spirit of faith, and this is what Kenneth Hagin said. A spirit of faith is a spirit of victory. I want you to know this morning that a strong spirit is a spirit. Hallelujah. A strong spirit is a spirit that has a spirit of faith. Thank you, Father. And a spirit of faith is a spirit of victory. That's, that's you and me. That's you and me. We have the same spirit of faith. I have the same spirit of victory that David carried. I have the same spirit of faith that Paul carried. Can you turn the game down, please? The same spirit of faith that David had. That same spirit that went out and defeated a Goliath. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I have that same spirit of faith. Paul saying, I'm going to stand before Caesar. Doesn't matter what you might be facing. Paul saying, it doesn't matter what I'm facing. Doesn't matter what I'm going, going through. I have the same spirit of victory. And this is what we have to be established upon. See, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Oh, Paul was writing, writing to Timothy. Thank you, Father. Can you get me a handheld, please? The same spirit of faith. Thank you, Father. And we having the same spirit of faith. I have believed, therefore have I spoken. He has not given you a spirit of fear. But what has he given us according to Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7? But a what? Power, love, and a sound mind. He has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. This is what we have to be established we have to be established upon this principle. We have to be established upon this same attitude that the Apostle Paul had. The same attitude that David had. Say, I have the same spirit of faith. Now let's go to Hebrews. I want you to know every single one of us has a purpose. Has an assignment upon our life. But yet if the enemy can keep you over in fear, he can keep you in defeat. So think about that. A spirit, a strong spirit is a spirit of faith. And a spirit of faith it has a spirit of victory. So if a spirit of faith has a spirit of victory, then that means a spirit of fear has a spirit of defeat. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now, what builds our, as we already talked about, what establishes our faith? The Word of God. Who delivers and who reveals the Word to us? The Holy Spirit. I'm sharing with you this morning something that the Holy Spirit revealed to men of old. And I'm also revealing to you something the Lord told me as a pastor to minister to you. So our spirit of faith is, first of all, established upon the Word of God with an unction of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Say, I have a spirit of victory. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Now, before the Apostle Paul told Timothy, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. What did, what did he tell him? I want you to stir yourself up. 
I want you to stir yourself. Rekindle the fires on the inside of you. Rekindle the fire on the inside of you. Because you could have had great experiences with God, but yet let things go. If you're going to have a spirit of victory, it's going to be intentional. It's just not going to be just automatic. And it's not about you having a spirit of victory 20 years ago. It's not about you having a spirit of victory a year ago. I'm telling you, there's some things that I had to stand in faith for that every day I I had to stir my spirit up to gain a spirit of victory. Because constantly the enemy is constantly saying, could have, should have, would have, might be, never happened, never will. And so what is that? What, what happens with that? It, 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 it causes you to let go that, let go of that spirit of victory. And it wants to get you over into a spirit of fear. So this is something that we have to guard our hearts in, right? In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Now think, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed. Earnest here means boiling point. Earnest means there's desperation attached to it. Earnest, heartfelt, earnest heed. Heed means to be watchful, meaning we're going to have to guard our hearts and we're going to have to be intent in this. We're going to have to guard our hearts because I guarantee the moment that you leave this building uh, this morning, the enemy is going to try to steal the word. So we're going to have to give a more earnest heed to the things we have heard. See, the Apostle Paul, when he's surrounded by enemies, one day he could have said, yes, and I have the same spirit of faith. But yet, if he didn't keep an earnest heed, would he have said that the next week? This is something that we have to constantly cultivate as believers. We'll never come to a place where we've arrived and we're going to be the strong as strong as we'll ever be. No, we go from glory to glory and we go from strength to strength, even by the spirit of the Lord. So we grow from strength to strength. There's no middle ground. There's no, hey, let me rest here a while. No, you're either going forward or you're going backwards. There's no neutral. There's, there's no, well, let me just sit here and rest a while. No, no, if you just sit there and rest a while, then you're going to go the direction of the rest of the world. But if we want to have the same spirit of faith, we have to give a more earnest heed to the things we have heard. Because if I don't give heed to it, if I don't lay hold of it, then what's going to happen? It says, I drift away. I drift away. Here, God wants me to go this direction, but yet I give heed to something else. And the next thing you know, I've drifted away from where God wants me. Give a more earnest heed. And sometimes we can just go through the motions as believers and just go through the motions as Christians. But we'll never fulfill our assignment if we just go through the motions. We'll never step into the supernatural, extraordinary, and unusual things that God has for the believer if we just go through the motions. Let's go to, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 10. Thank you, Father. I have the same spirit of faith. I have a spirit of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Developing a strong spirit is having a spirit of faith that gives forth a spirit of victory. Hallelujah. Say, that's me. Mm. Hallelujah. Well, for the first, um, I'll take time to read all that. 
The first 10 verses, the Apostle Paul is writing here and he's giving Old Testament examples. That's why we can't just throw out the Old Testament. Because here he's giving Old Testament examples so we can see how we're to live today. And the Apostle Paul wants us to have a spirit of faith, right? He talks about all sorts of things. He talks about offering things to idols. He talks about, you know, giving themselves over to sexual immorality. He talks about complaining. <clears throat> he talks about complaining. I'll say, he talks about complaining. He talks about complaining. He's talk, he, he talks about complaining. Stop complaining about your, your spouse. Stop complaining about your boss. Stop complaining about what hasn't happened. <laughs> he talks about giving into temptation. But let's go to verse 11. Now all these things happen to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition. They were written for our encouragement upon whom the ends of the age have come. So as we learned from Billy Brim last week, the ages to come have to do with this last day period of 2000 years that, that she was talking about up and coming to the rapture of the church. And says that these things that you've heard, these examples, they're to encourage you and they're for the people that are at the end of the age. Unfortunately, he's talking about you and me. Or I should say fortunately. So what does he say here? What's written for us? Why were these examples for us? Verse 12, therefore. So because of all these examples, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Wait a minute. What, 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 is it, what I'm saying here? Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Well, well Pastor, I, I was really excited about where you're talking with the spirit of victory. But, but wait a minute. What, 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 do you, what do you mean by take heed lest you fall? Meaning, because you can think you're doing the word of God. You can think that you're operating with the spirit of faith. You can think that you're doing everything just right and everything's, you're, you're doing all that needs to be done. But yet you are just standing and really what this means, he says, it says, therefore, let him who thinks, let him who thinks. This is not what God thinks. This is about how you think of yourself. This is your opinion of yourself. Therefore, let him, therefore, let Justin's, how he thinks about how he's standing, take heed lest I fall. Take heed. So all those things were written that we need to be intentional, that we need to be on the edge of our seat, that we need to not just sit back and go through the motions and just, just put on our Christian show, but we need to realize and, and establish the fact that, man, I don't want to have the opinion that I'm standing because I don't want to fall. Take heed. This is nothing about take heed. Be watchful. Be watchful. Don't just have a, a, a un, um, have a real estimation of, of where you are in your walk with God. This does have to do with a spirit of victory, by the way. When I was reading over this and I, I came across and how this message this morning came about, actually came about in Revelation chapter 3. And so sometimes when the Holy Spirit directs me, I kind of like, he'll give me a scripture and then sometimes work backwards. So, so let's go to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. And these were letters written to the churches just as that scripture was written to those in the end, at the end of the ages. There's three different churches in, in Revelation 3 that... Jesus, this is Jesus talking about, talking and communicating to us about these churches. But I want to paint a picture because what we're going to read is dealing with the church in a town called Sardis. 
Now, Sardis, when it was originally built, was it would sit high about 1,500 feet on a precipice, and there were sheer cliffs on three sides of it. So I want you to get a picture of this because this really relates to how do we think about ourselves. Take heed lest we fall. Sardis, they were, they, they were a group of people that had built this monumental city 1,500 feet high on a mountain. They had, they had, have you ever been to Israel in this place and you ever see some of the stones that they make and the, and the things that they build? And, and I don't, I'm like, how did you get the stones there? And, and they had built this, it was a, it was a monument of, of, of a build. And, uh, but yet with this city of Sardis, I'm dealing with the church yet, but the city of Sardis, they felt like and believed that their walls were impenetrable. They only actually guarded one side of their, of their, um, of their fortress because the other three sides were surrounded by sheer cliffs. And they had a belief that the enemy could not get up and attack them. They thought that nothing could touch them. They thought that nothing could break through. They thought that, that they had built a great masterpiece and they had thought that, that no enemy would have the ability to climb those cliffs. And so, so over a period of time, and this is actually in history, Actually, there was a guy, I think the leader at the time was a guy named Antichus, and he was the king of that area, and, and he, they, they would actually not realize that over a period of time, because of the cliffs and erosion, that, that they weren't really, they, they thought, because their mind was like, hey, we're set. No one can attack us. We're undefeatable. But they didn't realize that over a period of time with erosion, and they didn't notice that that little by little, what held the bricks together would erode. Little by little, little by little, little by little, little by little. Didn't even notice it. Went through years of no, no attacks, no defeats. But they didn't realize one night that an evading enemy found ability to be able to scale the cliffs. And they were able to sliver in through the erosion of the rocks and they were able to get into the city. And, uh, and during the night, they were then able to open the gates. They were then able to, to come in. Everyone was sleeping. And next thing you know, when, when the Sardis people woke up around the top of the walls, their enemy is looking at them so they had nowhere to retreat. Because they thought that, ah, I'll just, I'll just keep, we'll just keep here. We'll just live life. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just think that everything's okay but not realizing when they woke up that day that their enemy had come in. But I think a lot of times if you see things in the natural, maybe it was the issue with the church. Maybe the, the church didn't take its place or its position because it had that same attitude. They didn't Take heed. Let's look at Revelations 3. Revelations chapter 3, verse 1. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things say, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. He says, I know your works. Now listen to this. That you have a name. The word name there means reputation. He's writing to them and he says, I, I know you have a name. I know you have a reputation. And what was their reputation? That they're alive. So if you talked about the church in Sardis, you would recognize how much God was moving, how much God was doing. You would, you would talk about the lively bunch and, and all that they were doing and everything that was taking place. But yet Jesus is instructing here and he says, you have this reputation that you're alive, but really you're dead. You're dead. 
You're, you're really dead. You're not, you're, you're, you're not fulfilling your purpose. You, you think you have a purpose. You think you're walking in your purpose, but really you're dead. But what does the instruction say? Be watchful. Be watchful. Be watchful. Take heed unless you fall. Be watchful. Have an earnest, give earnest heed to the things that you have heard. So here he says, be watchful. And what does he say? And strengthen the things that remain. I I love how Jesus introduces this because he just doesn't tell them that, hey, you missed it. You failed and you can't do anything else because, yeah, you say you're alive, but actually you're dead. But what does he say? No, instead, hey, turn your affection to something else. Become watchful and what? Strengthen the things that remain. Strengthen the things that remain. That are ready to die. Let me read this in the, um, in the passion. Hallelujah. Strengthen the things. I'm here to strengthen the things this morning. Hallelujah. No one in here will be a casualty. As your pastor, I declare no one in here will be a, casu- a casualty because of the enemy's tactics. Because we have a strong spirit. You have a strong spirit. Hallelujah. Your days of weakness are over. Your days of failure and defeat are over. And the passion that says, I know all that you do, and I know that you have a reputation for being really alive, but you're actually dead. He says, wake up and strengthen all that remains before it dies. God's giving them a chance. He's saying, hey, Church of Sardis, wake up. Wake up. It's not too late. It's not too late. And he says this. For right now, he says, I have not found your works perfect before God. Now, this doesn't mean that Jesus was analyzing and trying to bring perfection to them. He was trying to bring perfection, but what he's really saying here is, you still have time Because God's plan for you and your assignment isn't done yet. That's really what that means. He says, for I have not found your works complete. Meaning, what you're recalled to do, what you're supposed to do, those things aren't perfect before God yet. Meaning, what you were designed to do as a church and what you were called to do as a church isn't complete yet. The assignment on this church isn't complete yet. The assignment on your life isn't complete yet. So be watchful and strengthen what remains. The church has to rise higher and higher in these last days. And we have to possess a spirit of faith, which is a spirit of victory. But we will not have a spirit of faith and a spirit of victory if we just go through the motions. And just, well, you, well Lord, at least I'm not like them. Well, you know, after all, I wear a suit to church. Some people think that. But Jesus said, you actually, you clean out the outside of the cup, but you're full of dead men's bones. No matter how you, what you're wearing. I, I, I dress up because I, I, I honor God that way. And I, not to please anyone or please anything. It's just where I'm comfortable. But the point is, is you, 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 we have to come to a place where we stir ourselves up and we, we lay hold of this word and realize that this is the most important thing. He says, be watchful and strengthen that which remains that are ready, uh, that are ready to die. For I have not found your works complete yet for, before God. Now listen to this. Remember therefore how you have received and heard. See it again. Pay attention to what you've received and what you've heard. What you've received and what you've heard. What you've received and what you've heard. Okay, let me close with two scriptures. Thank you, Father. Um, go to First John. First John. Hallelujah. Danny and you all come back up. Thank you, Father. First John chapter two, stir yourself up the things that you heard. So how do we come to a place where we are giving heed and watching? 
How do we have this thing where we are, have this same spirit of faith? Verse 14, 1 John chapter 2, verse 14. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And I have written to you, young men, because you're strong. Now, what are we dealing with? Developing a strong spirit. Because you're strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. See, there's a connection to the things that I heard. Just like there was a thing that that David, he heard. He gained that same spirit of faith on what he heard. You will gain the same spirit of faith on the things that you've heard. Because it's in this scripture, it says these young men, it said you're strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. I'm telling you, your victory is connected to the word of God abiding in you. The word of God abiding in you is the very thing that's going to produce the spirit of faith, which is the very thing that produces the spirit of victory. You have a spirit of faith this morning. I declare you have a spirit of victory. You do not have a spirit of of defeat upon your life. Hallelujah. You have a spirit of faith. As you get into this word, and the more and more near this word, the, 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 the spirit of fear has to leave. And the spirit of faith comes. The more and more I get into this word and I see his plan for me. I see his purpose for me. And that gets down on the inside of me. And it's just like, just like Joe, just like a Joshua when God told him, Hey, continue in the word, meditate in the word day and night and it will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. I'm telling you, as Joshua would meditate the word, it produced a spirit of victory on the inside of him and it caused him to walk in and step into and live a life of victory, live a life of success, but it's founded when we hold to this word and we give heed to this word. So declare, so so this morning I declare, I'm strengthen that which remains. Hallelujah. Strengthen that which remains. Get back into the word of God. Make the word of God a priority in your life because it's out of that. It's out of that that this life of faith flows. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Valinda. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Where to next, Father? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. I keep on praising. Just keep on praising. Hallelujah. Just keep on praising. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Where do you want me to go, Father? Hallelujah. That word. That word. Hallelujah, young men, hallelujah, the word abides in you and you have overcome. Let's go to Jude. Let's go to Jude. It's right before Revelation. It's 25 verses, I think. I got off my notes a while ago, so um, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Yes, hold your place there. Go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Oh, thank God for the word. So we've talked about being watchful, giving heed to. But let's look at verse 13. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says... Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Awake, awake, be watchful. I mean, he's talking to the church of Ephesus, and he's got to tell them to wake up. I'm I'm talking to the church of heritage. I'm telling you, we got to wake up. We got to be awake. We got to be alert. We got to operate and walk with the spirit of faith. Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See that you walk circumspectly, not as the fools, but as the wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. 
If we're going to be strong in spirit, we need to be filled with the spirit. I could probably preach it a hundred different ways, but really the bottom line to any success in life is going to come down to the word and the spirit. The word and the spirit. The word of God and the Holy Spirit. The word of God and the Holy Spirit. It's the word of God and it's the Holy Spirit. And what does he say here? Be filled with the spirit. Awake and be filled with the spirit. Now let's look at Jude. Verse 20. And this is written to the last day's church. If I had time, we could talk about Enoch and and different things and what he was communicating about the rapture. But in verse 20, he says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Build. If I'm building something, I'm establishing something. If I'm building something, I'm making something stronger. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. A spirit of faith is a spirit of victory. Build, build on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You see, when I pray in the Holy Spirit, I'm building my spirit man up. I'm building this spirit of faith up on the inside of my heart. I'm building this spirit of faith up that, it, that eventually becomes a spirit of victory. You know, a lot of times people would kind of, with religion and how things are communicated, they see speaking in tongues as just one thing. And they'll say, oh, well, you don't do that in church because, because well, you know, then it brings confusion in those things. And that's not what Paul was communicating. It was just everybody was doing everything at the same time, and it brought confusion. Actually, he went on in the same chapter and said, when you speak in other tongues, it's a sign to the unbeliever. He says it's a sign to the unbeliever. And so people mix up the difference between the gifts of the Spirit, meaning the, the, the nine gifts that were sent to build up the church, and they, and they throw everything into one bag when, when there's the aspect of praying in the Spirit that builds up the believer. There's my individual prayer language that the disciples tapped into on the day of Pentecost, and they were all praying in other tongues, and it built them up. It built them up. It built them up in their most holy faith. It's a pure faith. It's a holy faith. It's something that just charges you. It says that word build up means to charge like a battery. To charge like a battery. And so when you pray in other tongues, what you're doing is you are building your spirit man up. You're, you are building on the inside and you are building this strength, this, this thing that, 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 that God, and it reveals, the Holy Spirit reveals things to you, show you show, shows you things to come. I don't have time to talk about the, all the, the Holy Spirit does. But I want, I want us, because we have to strengthen that which remains in these last days. I don't want to be like the church of Sardis. I don't want you to be like the church of Sardis, and you just think everything's okay, and we're just going to go through the motions, and we're just going to do this. No, no, he's saying, hey, we got to be intent. We got to be watchful. We got to be heat, give heed to things. We've got to, we've got to hold on to things. Why? Because, because, hey, Jesus is coming soon, and we have an assignment to complete. You have an assignment to complete. I want our assignment to be perfected. I don't want Jesus to walk through our church and saying, hey, well, you really say you're alive, but really you're dead. And you didn't complete your assignment as a church. Justin, you didn't, you know, you were just okay with where you were at and, but you know what? You didn't really tap into the fullness of what you were called to do. You settled for just mm, the acceptable. You, you settled for the good, but yet there was the perfect. You got the good, the acceptable and the perfect. I mean, if there's three options, I want the perfect. I don't even want to have the attitude, well, God, it's, it's, it's good enough for, it's, it's good enough. You still, yeah. Mm -mm. We have a city to reach. You have people to reach, but we have to release a spirit of faith that brings about a spirit of victory. 
And a spirit of faith doesn't take place when we just, just go through the motions. So it takes us abiding in the word and being filled with the spirit. Abiding in the word and being filled with the spirit. And it's out of that produces an unstoppable force. Jesus was an unstoppable force because he was filled with the word and he was filled with the spirit. He said, what my words are spirit in life. I want my words to be spirit in life. I want my words to move mountains. I want, I want, I want my words to do extraordinary things, but it comes, it doesn't, that doesn't happen with just going through the motions. There's so much more than where we are. Let's strengthen what remains and let's complete the assignment on our lives. Stand to your feet. Spirit of victory. Spirit of victory. Hallelujah. There's been a spirit of victory in this house all morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes when you share things that really question our personal lives and where we are, I know sometimes it can make you kind of like, man, I just wish you just, we just run around a little bit, Pastor. No, no, it's more than just going through the motions of something. It's total, complete heart change. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I believe all of us there's areas where we're, we've just gone through the motions. There's some areas in my life where maybe I haven't been as ten- intentional as I should. I mean, if you would say, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm on fire for God and, and I do everything perfect and I, I, I'm completing everything, then, I mean, I, I'll let you be the pastor. I'm, I'm still growing. Hallelujah. 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 Just this determination that the word abides in us. And this determination to be filled with the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, we glorify you. We praise you. We magnify you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And this other scripture has been in my heart all morning. I think it's I think it's Psalms 102 verse 16. And it says and when the Lord builds up Zion, he will then appear in his glory. The Lord's building up Zion. He's building up Zion. You know, you and I are Zion. Hallelujah. We're being built up. We're being built up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's, as that word said, if you, if you have your prayer language, hallelujah, just right now, just build yourself up in your most holy faith. Hallelujah. When you do an individual gift, it doesn't mean there needs to be an interpretation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.